le vacon tarha se a a wakada tarna reze hala wanze wakada heka a wakava wakava ka sa hetan aze vacon tarha se a ka se ha e sata sototem Welcome to Khan Langery, the podcast about constructed languages and the people who create them. I'm George Corley, and we have a special interview today uh, from Esto- in Estonia, at least, is we have uh, Colm Doyle. That's correct. Thank you for having me on. Yes. Uh, from your accent uh, and from your name, I presume you're originally Irish and you moved to Estonia? That's correct. Yeah, about 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So I have Colm on today to talk about uh, his language, Numerian, which you created actually for a um, comic, right? It, the comic is... Um, it's called Glow. Yeah, it's called Glow uh, with Rachel and... Uh, what's the other guy? Vincenzo... Vincenzo Ferreira. Right? That's correct, yeah. Or, or Vince for short. Yeah, Vince. <laughs> yeah, so um, basically how, I guess, how the, all that got started was uh, it goes back to when I used to be a teacher. And uh, a couple of years after uh, teaching one of my students, he moved to London uh, and he met up with uh, Vince at a, at a restaurant Vince is a manager at. And uh, they got talking about this project that was happening, and he asked them. I guess he suppose you know it came up in conversation that uh, I had sort of like talked about conlangs and and conlanging and and creating languages uh, with the student. And he, I guess, he mentioned that he knew someone who did this uh, to to Vince, and I guess Vince was was interested in in this and sort of uh, contacted Ray and kind of had a chat and, and kind of brought me on board to sort of like flesh out some of the linguistic aspects of their their project. So that was back in um, about fall, around December time of two thousand and fourteen. Uh, so quite a quite a while ago now. I mean, it's been been three years. But um, and it was uh, it was slow to start. So I mean, there was a lot of uh, I mean, they aren't linguists themselves. So they sort of uh, we we went back and forth a lot of emails back and forth around fleshing out some of the social linguistic aspects of of the language, where it was placed, what the context was, and uh, and yeah. So this is the second uh, Kickstarter project going on for the for issue two, and issue one was well funded and it seemed to be well received. Uh, both the the comic itself and as well as the language, and I actually heard someone actually got a tattoo in in the script, which <laughs> I wouldn't do myself, but uh, I was I was flattered for sure. You have to hope that they actually got it done correctly, right? Yeah, I, I think it was probably maybe one of the words from the uh, from the comic book itself. So it, hopefully, then it should be should be fairly correct since I did it myself. So. Yeah, and um, people can buy issue one if they want, and then the t- Kickstarter for issues two. Um, as of this recording, it's like beyond funded, uh, but you can still get on that and and basically use that to pre-order the the comic. 
Yeah, that's it. So, I mean, um, definitely recommend getting getting on the, the Kickstarter right now. I mean, the, the price is good and, and there's a few extra, you know, goodies that you can get as well. Um, but I mean, if you do, if, you know, if you're listening to this in the future, um, you can also order from the, from the website as well. So just to be clear, I mean, I suppose, um, from my side, like I don't have anything to, to do with the campaign or, or the actual, the sort of the company itself, Metopia. Uh, that's, uh, Vincent Ray's, uh, sort of, uh, project. But uh, I'm purely kind of like I guess focused on 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 the language just to make that clear. But uh, but definitely I mean I think it's at ten thousand dollars now at the moment. I think the funding goal was four thousand. So I mean they're well over uh, double funded, uh, and I think they have about seventeen or so days to to go at the time of this recording. So I mean it's uh, yeah I guess they're very happy. You know by by the time that this is posted, you will only have a few days. I don't know. Exactly off the top of my head, but it will be like two or three days to get on it. So um, if you're listening to this, then uh, check the check the Kickstarter site uh, now. I'm going to be linking that. But that's enough upfront promotion. Let's actually talk about your role with the language. Um, so um, there is a so. One question, first question is, um, it seems like the majority of the, the conline content here is all written. Maybe we should, um, cover, like, what is the, the place of the Numerian language in this setting and, like, how is it really being used in the comic? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's two questions. So I suppose if we if we look, um, let's probably start like outworldly. So let's uh, talk in the real world, perhaps for the first uh, point. Um, so how it's used, actually, it's quite prolific in in the in the comic itself. I mean, I think um, they. You know, it clearly was like they, they paid me to provide them with some linguistic content. Um, and they, so I guess, you know, wanted to get their, their money's worth, I suppose. And, um, and, and how they did that basically was just trying to use the, the comic, um, the written script of the language, um, in, in pr- practically in every page. So, I mean, if you, um, if you pick up the comic, um, you can see it used in sound effects. Uh, quite prolifically, um, it's uh, it's used on uh, say the walls of the kind of the ancient rooms that the characters visit. Um, it's uh, it's used in the notebook of the one of the main protagonists, Cochin, uh, the small uh, the small fella who's sort of like an explorer of uh, runes, uh, both R U I N and R U N E. Um, and, uh, that's sort of the, the in world. And of course, there's some spoken language as well. Um, uh, some, some sort of choice phrases that are used, uh, you know, a bit of bad language, not necessarily, I guess, bad language, but, uh, sort of maybe, uh, jests and, and jokes and things like that. Um, and so you'll see a lot of, um, sort of poems or, or sort of like songs or, or sort of things like that in, in the, um, in the comic. And then in the context of the actual, the in world aspect of it, um, we're sort of like, um, it's sort of left a bit, uh, it's not fully explained. I mean, of course, there is like a space limit, uh, you know, that, that kind of uh, limits how much kind of uh, exploratory stuff you can actually uh, say about the language and the, and the context and the culture and so forth. Um, but from what we understand from, from the, the two issues that I've seen, so the, the issue that's been published and the one that's currently in play, it used to be a lingua franca, particularly the older version of the language used to be a lingua franca in this world. Um, and today it's sort of, you could kind of, you know, compare it, say, to the Latin of Europe. 
and and you know and people would but again people in sort of the the world would kind of use it maybe sort of for um I guess, as I said for sort of like jokes and uh, uh, derogatory expressions and you know they'd have a few few choice phrases and things like that so um, it kind of pops up wherever and uh, and there's a few appendixes to the comic and there's of course the language guide and stuff so the guys definitely put a lot of effort to plug the language wherever um they could to sort of um bring it out in the comic and sort of uh you know it's very much in your face and uh i think they kind of like to play with the language as well because um well unless you have the language guide and i mean i'm not naive to think that like everyone actually has that language guide and then goes through every single page and then like transcribes all the words and tries to find out what they mean but uh, for most people, you know, uh, reading the comic, it, it kind of it's a nice, uh, I guess, a kind of nice like little touch, like a little uh, sort of additional flavoring uh, about the about the world that you wouldn't see in, in many kind of uh, comic books. Right. Uh, okay. So you've covered a whole lot of stuff in there, and I just kind of want to come back and talk about um, certain little bits. First of all, you said that like the older form of language is on a lot of the ruins is the stuff that people speaking like a later form of the language that you derived. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess, um, I mean, there's a, there's, there's a lot of things that like are left sort of like, uh, to be honest, I think a lot of stuff that we haven't, well, let's put it this way. Um, so I created, I created the language and then kind of focused on that. I don't have any like, um, abilities to sort of like affect the sort of the lore or uh, the cultural context or the history of the story. So it's sort of like a back and forth between me and the writers and who the writers are also the creators and the owners of the product um, to kind of understand where best we can actually, uh, how, how the language actually um, lives in the world. So, I mean, um, what you see is English, I guess, would, you know, the common language um, would be, would have bits of, of Nimran in it. Um, I guess the way that the, the creators explained it to me was sort of like the, uh, in a way, uh, the common language is like the English of our world and, uh, Nimran or ancient Nimran is the Latin and, uh, sort of, uh, in a way that like uh, English has been affected by Latin and sort of like, uh, particularly like historically people have looked up to Latin to being, uh, you know, a nicer and more richer and more intelligent language. Um, so it has that sort of prestige as well. But, um, I think as well, I think there's, there's some aspects of say, um, if you look at the context in, in, in Game of Thrones with, uh, with sort of, um, you know, the, the modern forms of the language and the ancient forms of the language, um, uh, it's, 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 it's sort of the language sort of has mixed, I guess, with, uh, with sort of the, the native. Uh, languages of of the area, and uh, you're you're getting a sort of um, a mixture between um, uh, kind of ancient Nimran or modern Nimran and uh, and those native languages. So I mean, you don't you don't see this in the actual comic itself because uh, the only language that actually you see is is Nimran, but uh, that's sort of happening in, in in the background. But it's all you know, it's all kind of uh, shown as English in in the actual comic. Yeah, right. Um, and so you're not not really even entirely clear that whatever is being represented as um, English is is actually related to Nimran or not. A few things about how it's used in the comic. So you mentioned the sound effects, the onomatopoeia, which are often sort of ubiquitous in comics, are all in Nimran. I thought that was an interesting t- choice. It kind of 
it kind of reminds of translations of manga, right? Where mm-hmm. the yeah. Japanese onomatopoeia are not translated, probably because it would be difficult to redo the art that way. Um, but it struck me as sort of an, an interesting choice because it gives the reader a choice to try to translate those or not, since it's that's not a thing that's essential to the story. At the same time, I did just now sort of take a look at your onomatopoeias. And I was trying to think about, you know, like, are these like Nimmerin onomatopoeias like that you made up? Like I saw there's one for an explosion. It's like, uh, what? It's like, uh, Bechu, right? (laughs) So it's not exact. It's not, you're not transliterating anything necessarily that familiar. So... The question I have is like, what is the process doing that? Do did they just like come up with sounds and ask you to transcribe them, or did they like say, "I want we want a sound effect here, an onomatopoeia for this particular situation"? Can you make a Nimrin one? Yeah, I mean that's that's a very cool question. So, um, and it's 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 slightly complicated. So, I mean, it's it's quite interesting that. I get, and just, you know, excuse me in my, my voice. I've had a cold for the whole week. Um, so ba- basically they gave me sort of a list of sound effects is which they, was what they're calling them. And I basically had to sort of like put those into, into the native script and sort of, I, it was back and forth, I guess. Um, for example, uh, the, the sound p, uh, was originally not supposed to be in the language. Um, but, uh, they, they kind of asked me to, to put it in and, and so for, for sound effects and things like that. So, um, but, um, I, I kind of went sort of like with a kind of, uh, made a compromise between sort of the sound effects that they wanted sort of like, cause they gave me the English sound effects. Um, and I tried to put like a Nimrin's, uh, spin on them, maybe adding in a vowel where I didn't feel like the, uh, the constant cluster would suit the language or stuff like that. And it was sort of, um, it, the the sound effects affected the the language and the script and vice versa. So I mean, at the same time as I was kind of putting these into the script, these sound effects, I was also creating the language at the same time. So it was one of the first things I actually did. So they kind of had this uh, mutual effect on one another, and um, it's uh, I guess because the comic is a kind of like a visual medium. Um, there's there's sort of a you're cognizant of the fact that it has to sort of look a certain way. So, I mean, uh, you'll notice that, say, um, where there's maybe poetry or there's uh, there's sort of script on the walls or, or, or other places where the language is. I mean, the script looks slightly a bit different. And it, I mean, the placement of the characters was put in a certain way that it would like the, the sound effects would look slightly a bit more more different. And uh, they'd be combined in certain ways that maybe they would like flow if they needed to have a flowing sound or maybe look a bit more rough or something or rough and ready. So, I mean, I think, um, but yeah, and I, I guess, you know, you could go back and forth on whether like it's, it's a good choice or not. I mean, it gives a distinctive feeling. It's it kind of, it's a bit jarring in a way, a bit interesting. Um, it does sort of maybe, uh, it's less relatable. Uh, to people, because you know the vast majority of people aren't going to <laughs> to break those down character by character and then uh, pronounce them out. So maybe some aspects of, of things are lost, but uh, but yeah, as you said, it gives a sort of a, an extra flavor and it's very distinctive visually. Right, uh, and I see that there are different styles of characters around. Um, I kind of noticed you have an an Abigida. And there seems to be some like Indic 
inspiration, which comes out when I see, like, sometimes people summoning runes, like, magically, right? And then you actually get the top line, which you don't really show in all all the cases, right? Yeah, I think there's there's some aspects in there to sort of um, maybe yeah. I mean, originally I think a lot of the sort of the poetry aspects of of the sort of the the visual uh, use of the language had had that line. Um, yeah, I mean, originally kind of the brief was maybe for the script to look a bit Tibetan. And I kind of, I did go down the road a little bit of looking in sort of Tibetan and, uh, you know, Abu Gida uh, type, type scripts and stuff. Um, I think what we have at the moment is probably, um, an, an Ajbaj, uh, <laughs> Abjaj, Jaj, yeah, sorry. Um, but with, uh, sort of like, um, mandatory vowel markings um so i think uh, yeah i mean there's those those aspects in there um i didn't want to like force the sort of tibetan uh, kind of brief uh, i wanted to sort of like use it as a um a, you know starting point uh, a jumping off point so to speak and then you know go from there and uh, see where how the language developed and like if, if you've seen maybe someone who's seen actually the, the language guide, there's a little bit in there about how the script has evolved um, over time and uh, sort of, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, um, I wouldn't say it's like an absolutely <laughs> amazing script. I mean, the, the, the letterers and, and the artists do uh, a lot to, to kind of improve the feeling of it and, and you know, add the, the color and whatever. Um, it's, it's sort of my pretty much my first uh developed language project um and um i wouldn't consider myself to be very kind of like artist artistic in, in that sense creating uh you know calligraphy and, and and writing systems and stuff like that so definitely quite quite challenging um would i do would i do the writing system again uh, it was uh probably not for a while it was uh it was quite an endeavor to actually to do it and uh i don't know whether i could have done it easier or stuff but i, I did have to buy a couple of well one program at least anyway to to be able to render uh the characters in uh, photoshop um format for for the artists um so there was like you know, a little bit of cost involved there but um but yeah definitely uh definitely quite a sort of a great challenge and uh, something interesting to do and I think that uh, uh, definitely de- learn from the process and um, I, I, if, I, if, I, if you'd if maybe t- asked me maybe a couple of years ago would I have done something like that probably I would have said no but in the end it's, it's interesting what you can do if you kind of are forced to by, by an artist's contract so to speak yeah well I mean it, it does have its own interesting you know visual style and it's it's you know it's a i it looks like a pretty good um general script to me it's um but you know i don't i don't really do scripts so much i tried early on when i was doing conlanging and uh you know it's kind of tough but anyway um it it is really um interesting what gets done with it in the in the comic because there are a lot of there are several different styles that you see and um that really uh helps to um flesh things out um so moving along a little bit about the language itself uh you've sent me some information about it it's um it looks like it has basically like um, sort of a, an ergative, uh, it's, it's, you know, 
I don't know. I think Let's it's uh, I probably think it's like active stative or split and transitive. I think. Um, um, yeah. So, so basically, like uh, you know, differentiating between you know, sort of like the agented verbs and and the non-agented verbs, it's something. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I, I guess I could give my sort of like very quick what languages I, I kind of know. I, I guess I could, would know the, the Celtic languages and, and, and some of the Germanic languages. I've studied, of course, in native English speaker and studied a bit of Swedish and German. Um, the Romance languages like French um, and also some of the, you know, the Finno-Ugric languages, particularly on the Finnic, Baltic Finnic side, which uh, Estonian, I'm quite, well, I wouldn't say quite proficient in it, but I, I have good conversational level. I've studied uh, Finnish and Sami. But I mean, so like, I'm very much uh, sort of, I've, I've, I pretty much are limited in my knowledge to, to European languages. But when I, when I was doing this project, because all my previous conlang projects have been fairly like uh, European centric or Eurocentric, um, with the noticeable introduction of you know Celtic features which aren't quite standard and and then some uh, Finnic as well, um, I wanted to sort of like branch out with some of the ideas and learn a bit from from other like language groups. So um, you know incorporating this like agentive non-agentive distinction, um, the the noun classes for example there's two that d- differentiate between um, sort of uh, on the one hand uh, and sort of natural uh, entities like you know peoples and animals. And, and and living creatures, uh, whether they be sort of like um, animate or inanimate, and then on the other side, then we have kind of manufactured product products and uh, tools and abstract concepts. So a lot of the sort of like stuff in there that uh, wouldn't necessarily be like European uh, inspired. It was uh, sort of maybe. Um, I mean, I think some of the noun class aspects I took from maybe Ojibwe. Um, there was uh, maybe Gurani for some of the sort of agent of non-agent of uh, distinctions. So I tried to kind of bring that in because I thought it would kind of add an actual additional flair or sort of like a, something a bit different than what I'd kind of uh, done before in my own conlanging. Although I'm I'm presuming that your inflecting prepositions were inspired by Celtic, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, but of course, like um, I think also Arabic or at least maybe Hebrew has them as well. So I kind of uh, one of the briefs was sort of uh, it had to kind of look slightly sort of Tibetan. You could argue about that now, but uh, and then to sound a bit Arabic. So I tried to kind of uh, bring in some of those aspects. But as I said, like I didn't try to stick too closely to the brief. Um, I tried to make made it like you know not to be kind of constraining how the language developed and, and, and started, like, you know, um, organically on its own, you know. But um, in terms of the grammar, if you dig down, um, some aspects of Estonian, uh, some aspects of, of Irish particularly as well, some of the syntax features, uh, sort of, uh, um, yeah. So, and when, when I'm kind of looking for a set of new uh, grammatical features or I'm trying to translate stuff, like, that's where I immediately go. Um, so that sort of aspect hasn't changed in my kind of conlanging repertoire. I mean, I've always kind of defaulted to Irish uh, as a sort of like a jumping off point when I'm when I'm creating structures and things like that. Yeah. Okay. That's that's interesting. Yeah. I, we all have our favorite languages that we kind of go to. Um, let's actually talk a little bit about the the noun classes, just because I wanted to, because I I was interested. It seems like so class one. Is like, um, it includes animates, but it also includes, but it's also like natural versus class two is artificial, right? Um, 
That's that's correct. Yeah. 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 So that that that's an interesting distinction that I don't know of exactly from a, a Natlang, but um, I just thought that was an interesting dividing point. Was there like a reason? Was there a language that you saw that brought you to that, or? Um, that's a, that's a good question. Um, so I started working in the language at the end of 2014. Um, a lot of the sort of the core grammatical stuff was started in, in the you know start of 2015. So I mean, it's been three years now since I started that. So and I haven't kind of kept notes and sort of sources for different things. So I couldn't say uh, if it was something that kind of came from my my own head or or I, I think some of the aspects um i think i was reading kind of maybe into ojibwe and stuff i'm not sure if, if it does that maybe not but i think it was sort of the way you kind of divide the space up differently i mean the first like when when people think of like say gender or noun class i mean they kind of default to sort of uh you know like you know um you know natural sex or biological sex and or maybe there's some other aspects as well like uh, agent of or non-agent of and actually when i'm kind of creating the language um, when I'm actually creating nouns and stuff and assigning to cases, I often, <laughs> funnily enough, actually fall into the agent of non-agent of actually thinking it's a distinction that I make in the class system, but I, it's actually not. So it's funny the way that the brain works that way. But um, no, I mean, I couldn't, I can't remember actually where, where that source of that came from. It's, it's nice to hear that, you know, it's, it's slightly unusual and a bit interesting, but, uh, but definitely, yeah, I mean, it's, that's sort of like the additional kind of things that I like. Um, I have had, I've, I haven't actually gone with the guys to any of the um, conferences or, or cons as they, as they say that they, they go to the comic cons, but they do sell the sort of the, um, the guide there and uh, people kind of pick up the guide and they're like, Oh yeah, you know, it's uh, I guess it's a nice cipher for, for English and stuff like that. But as soon as they kind of open the guide and read to like page two um, and look at some of the, the aspects of the grammar and stuff, they start reading and they go, they're pleasantly surprised that how kind of, unusual it is and it kind of brings them in more and kind of uh, adds that additional extra to the to the comic and that you know that's actually not just like a cipher that there's some thought behind uh, the language so i mean i think i worked worked on it for maybe about a year and a half or so uh quite quite in detail and stuff like um so it's nice it's nice to hear sort of uh, some appreciative <laughs> uh, know, yeah. There, yeah. yeah it's definitely um all all i've gotten from you is sort of sketches but it's it's um uh you know i i i liked um uh you know you don't have a whole lot of uh phonology in your materials but um i i liked um your vowel system is kind of interestingly sort of unbalanced in that you've got um you've got tenseness distinctions in the front vowels and not the back vowels so that's uh, that that was interesting to me but um yeah I, I i i was mostly interested in the fact that this is um being used in a comic and that so you what is the process of so we talked a little bit about how you just sort of went from english onomatopoeias from their their list of sound effects that they wanted and then and you are just sort of sort of modifying them a little bit in order to make them fit into uh Nimerin and uh and sending sending back sort of Nimerin equivalents um what's the process really for like those the inscriptions and the 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 spells that you see 
Yeah, so <laughs> it's it's quite torturous to be honest. Um, let's hope that uh, Vince and Ray don't listen to this. But um, <laughs> but no, I mean seriously. I mean, in a sense, it was it was definitely challenging. Um, they would sort of. Uh, of course, we would talk or they would basically email me maybe some of the context, the word has to be used. I mean, I've seen the scripts um, and I mean that the sort of the um, actually the dialogue and and sort of the how the comic is actually going to come together and into a text format. Um, so I know the context of, of where things are going to be used more or less. And I think uh, they normally say, you know, they, they want a, sort of a spell about communication or they want a spell about uh, maybe they want a poem about um sort of like an origin story or something like that. And they would give me sort of like some aspects. It needs to have, you know, the sky or it needs to have fire aspects or or it needs like it's about magic and, and stuff like that. So sometimes, you know, they would actually give me a quote that they want me to take inspiration from. Sometimes I, I translate that. Um, but, but more or less they would kind of uh, let me go free free uh free re- freestyle or free range on, on sort of uh, what the actual content would be. Um, of course I would kind of you know, translate everything into Nimrin with an English translation. Um, sometimes the the Nimrin structures and 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 sound patterns and stuff would actually dictate what it would be in English, and sometimes actually be you know the opposite way, um, depending on how it's actually going to appear and be used in the, in the comic. And uh, and yeah, I mean, I'm not a poet, <laughs> um, and definitely, you know, doing poetry in uh, in English is hard enough, but uh, doing it in a kind of a created language that you're creating as you go along uh, is challenging. I guess it helps that you know very very few people are actually going to like you know decipher that and actually translate <laughs> it back into English, so that helps. Um, and I have actually, funny enough, there's um, perhaps maybe one or two, at least I know one sort of time where. Um, I maybe I think it was I had created a word um, and then maybe I hadn't entered in my my database online and then I created the same word uh, with a different meaning and, and and then you know but that was after it had been published somewhere and I couldn't change it and and so I kind of came up with a kind of a, an origin why that the same word had two different meanings and so these these kind of funny things happen and I think it adds a bit of kind of funness and and and, and culture and a sort of color to the language and, and its history within within the world and also in the real world as well um, but yeah I mean it's it's been uh, ch- challenging in that way, like, you know, uh, doing those origin stories and, and poems and stuff. And uh, hopefully as, as the kind of comic goes on, there'll be more sort of materials that are created um, about the world and about the language. And uh, I have kind of done some small uh, kind of world building things with them, uh, kind of cultural things about um, about the people and their sort of their costume customs and things like that. And the, uh, you know, the sort of celebrations or holidays that they have. Um, so I'm hoping, you know, as we go along, there'll be more um, ways to kind of show those poems and stories and, and actually not just sort of like set dressing uh, in the background, but actually like up front and center and people actually like reading those would be kind of cool. Right, right. That's that's um, all interesting. Um, you talked about poetry. We did a whole episode on poetry for this podcast. And I'm just uh, curious. I don't think it's in your documentation but um like did you come up with like the a poetry style for Nimrin like like uh what like uh what what meter does it use what uh does it use rhyme or assonance or uh 
or alliteration, those kinds of ideas? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good point. So, I mean, I think um, every sort of, as you were saying before, like every conlanger has their favorite languages and, and, you know, everyone has sort of the things that they start out with. So I think for me, um, I'm very much interested in, like, say, arguments of verbs and, and morphology and stuff like that. Um, I tend not to spend too much time thinking about phonology. So that's one of the reasons why there, uh, in the sketches there isn't a phonology section. Um, and and as for the, as for the poetry, like I haven't thought like very hard in in sort of like you know rhymes and meters and actually the structure of, of the language uh, in in, in, poet, in poetry in aspects. Um, so I couldn't actually say. <laughs> uh, you'd have to probably have someone to, to analyze to see if there's some patterns there. But I think it's pretty much um, I kind of. <laughs> I guess it kind of, in a way, it's it's some somewhat uh, affected by the sort of the content and the meaning of the poem. So whether it, it needs to be a, a kind of a certain give you a certain feeling. Um, so that's how it guides me. Um, and uh, but also it's sort of it's basically pretty much like what what sounds good to me. I think a lot of alliteration, um, a lot of repetition of words. Mm-hmm. I think uh, definitely yeah. I mean those two are. Two, two things like alliteration and, and, and repetition of words kind of helps and uh, I'm kind of I think having a central motif or a central um, sort of uh, I guess kind of feeling or, or narrative to the poem and sort of touching on that in, in certain aspects always bringing it back full circle to actually what the poem is about um, so I think maybe it's either an issue one or maybe it's an issue two like there's a, sort of a, one of the characters uh, recites sort of a poem and, and create something out of thin air. Um, and that's in a, you know, I had great fun doing, doing things like that and, and coming up for, um, coming up with the, with the words, uh, um, I think Gollum, actually, I think it was, it was a Gollum, uh, something to create a Gollum and, uh, coming up with what the word for Gollum would be and, and using that in the poem and, and definitely quite, quite good. I listened, uh, originally I listened a lot to, uh, Arabic music and, uh, and a lot of Hebrew music as well. Um, there's some, some good stuff in, on, on the YouTubes. And so, yeah, I mean, I could be inspired from lots of things, maybe a bit of, a kind of Irish song as well, maybe, I don't know, but it's, it's very much a sort of subconscious. Uh, it's not something I could kind of, um, point to and like say, you know, that's the exact, uh, inspiration for that. And this is sort of the, um, yeah, I mean, I guess my wife always tells me I've got my, I've got a thin, uh, a, a tin air, a tin ear. Uh, <laughs> um, it's, it's actually kind of funny because, um, I used to pronounce my THs and now I kind of over, over, uh, overproduce them, uh, where they're not supposed to be. But yeah, my wife tells me I've got a tin air. And, uh, so I'm very, very bad with sort of, uh, differentiating sounds and, and that sort of stuff. So for me, um, that sort of stuff is quite challenging. Uh, but yeah, I kind of, my refuge is sort of those, uh, argument structures of verbs and morphology and, and that's sort of where I'm, I feel at home. Right, right. Uh, well, that, um, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we, we all have different ways of, of doing all of our stuff and some people, some people will go deeper into like designing designing like poetic forms and stuff stuff than than others and and you know we all conlang with a little bit of different style um um moving back a little bit on the 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 process question um so when you are giving them the script like the 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 writing to be used in the comic um, so you mentioned that sometimes they give you sort of free reign to 
write what you want on a certain theme or something like that. Um, do they, um, do they ask you to, um, like put it in a particular style that will be easier for them to use? Or do you give them a couple different options? Because I think there are a couple of options in terms of the directionality of the script, right? Um, or, or, or do the art people know how to do handle that kind of stuff? Yeah. So, I mean, um, I think, I think there's like, you know, there's the thing like never assume because you make an ass out of you and me. Um, so yeah, it was a bit torturous at the start. Um, there was a bit of confusion over actually, well, I mean, the artists aren't don't know how to read it right i mean at least they didn't at the very beginning um because you know there's there's many different artists i think there's maybe three or four um there's colorists there's the line artists there's the letterers um so there's a huge amount of people involved um because the creators didn't create the language themselves um and i'm not the one talking to the artist i go straight to uh, through the creators and that's passed on then in a google drive or whatever to to the uh the artist um there was at the very beginning sort of like a misunderstanding of like actually how to use the script or, or things like that so i think i've come I've, I've definitely improved in in showing how it's actually used um i know like um i've kind of read stuff and listened to a lot of podcasts with david peterson and you know he talks about basically like you know making it very simple for the people who are going to use the, the language and the script or whatever material that they're using uh to understand how it's used and, and stuff like that so definitely i've, I've learned um, uh, as as i went along how each individual person who's going to be using it what what their individual requirements were um and i think that comes down to expectations and good direction from the project managers or in this case the yeah the creators or the writers um to tell me exactly what they need it for uh where it's going to be and as you said the directionality is is different so i mean um sort of like the poetry has like uh, straight lines um you know the sound effects tend to have like uh, bunched up characters in a block um there's uh, some other kind of formats that I kind of played with at the start. You might see maybe some uh, kind of um, a little bit of that in, in, in the comic. So I think, yeah, I mean, they, they tell me where it's going to be used and um, that affects how I actually uh, write it down. And at the very beginning as well, I think uh, because of the, the time space, um, because of the sorry, the space limitations of the comic, um, sometimes I have changed words or maybe changed the use of words and things like that to actually fit them in a certain space. Um, so uh, definitely in a comic you can't have um, you can't have a huge amount of text because like you can't you can't visually show it so I think you have to um, you have to kind of uh, just kind of highlight certain certain characters and certain words, um, and then you know I might choose maybe a, a nice a nicer kind of written system, maybe and pretend it's more like a, a kind of a poetic or artistic style. Um, you know, say say some of the characters, the the vowels can either be written as markings or as full characters. So sometimes I will kind of lengthen words or shorten words depending on on the space requirements and, and how it needs to look and things like that. So so yeah, there's a lot of that sort of stuff in there. That uh, say if you're using, um, I guess maybe if you're using a real world language, just you can play with words as well. But but in this way, especially when you're creating it uh, uh, from uh, from scratch, um, it does does affect how it looks and how it sounds. And, and yeah, I think there's there are a couple of things that um, you can bring from that. 
for conlangers that are interested in doing this kind of work, the first thing is the the communication is key, and um, uh, it's it's uh, I, I'm sure it's a pain that you don't have like a direct line to the artist to like you know be talking with them. You know, ideally, you would want to be like working with them and making sure that they get everything right, right? But you can't really be in the same room. Um, but yeah, making things as yeah. simple as possible. And one, and one, and and just like um, there was sort of like uh, just when just before issue one was being going to be like you know put to press and and being produced and published. Um, kind of it was the kind of the comic was sent to me going like, hey, just double check everything is okay. And I think I spent maybe like one or two days going through all the uses of the language and uh, and sort of. Um, Picking out all the mistakes it was a bit horrible. Um, so, so definitely, it was a situation where the artist had had used the script in a certain way, and and I guess the the creators, the writers, had said, you know, that's fine, it looks good. Um, but you know, because they couldn't read it, uh, they they couldn't see that, that there was errors. Maybe like uh, diacritics were missing, or maybe whole words or letters were missing uh, characters. So, I mean, I did have to go through and like pinpoint every single like error um, and to fix it up. And I think we got most of them uh, sorted out, which is which is great. But it definitely was torturous. So I think um, definitely a word of advice for anyone working with this. I mean, obviously. Uh, I mean, we have people. We have one of the guys in London, the other guys in, I think, in uh, California, um, and then there's like we have artists in, I think, Malaysia. There's one of the artists in Malaysia. Um, so like, there is like you can't all be in the same room at the same time. So definitely um, checking and double checking um, pictures and words and, and art and stuff uh, as it go as the project goes along, um, and definitely not have it uh, at the end uh, <laughs> uh, all at all at once, and you, you get like a bit a bit of stress and pressure to. Actually get that right you know because i mean um as 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 i think as creators uh conlangers who do this uh you know um i think people have said like well what does it matter i mean most people won't be able to read it and stuff but there's always those people who will be and i think as well for yourself that if you're kind of people are paying for this they're backing it um that you want you want you, you want yourself as well to put out a good product and you don't want there to be mistakes and like even myself i can look at it and go oh, there's a couple of things but um but yeah i mean you you kind of want to put your your best foot forward as as you know until actually it starts rolling out in print then it's too late but uh, until then you can try and do as much as you can to actually make it correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's um that's definitely true. I I mean I think the ideal situation would be like the conlanger being in the same room or being you know on set for the the film projects and stuff, but that's not always possible. And you also don't want. When they don't want us to take over the whole production. That would be unfair to everybody else. Um, but and the other thing that um, probably helps is building in some flexibility. You mentioned that um, what you have you have different ways of writing the script um, uh, to to tell people so to just to to um, state this for people so. You have it written linearly, right? Um, is it? It's left to right, right? Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's left to right. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So left to right, you you just write it left to right, but you can also put like two runes on top of each other, and then you can arrange blocks that way. Um, you do you have a way to write it vertically? I think I saw on the T-shirt that's vertical. 
Yeah, I think they that was an artistic decision. <laughs> so not something I was I was involved in, but um I did make sure that I'll I yeah, that was another thing. Yeah, I mean they they sent me the design for the t-shirt and some of the characters are, are you know uh, vowel markings were wrong and stuff some things had to be fixed so so yeah i mean that's sort of the things that happened that you would never and like i mean it's uh you have to kind of when you're doing it for for someone else you have to realize that like it's a paid paid role and and they own they own those materials and and they own how it's going to be used right so i mean if, if it's your own project you can kind of do it a certain way you have full control of the project management um but when you're actually um doing it for for other people i mean they kind of control how the language is used, uh, whether it be on T-shirts or or other things, what material is going to be made public and things like that. So you you are working in certain constraints, and uh, yeah, I mean that it, it poses some challenges. But yeah, I mean those uh, different ways of writing the script basically like evolved to meet the demands of the visual medium and, and how the the script is actually going to be used. So um, so definitely, yeah, I mean you kind of roll with the flow and. I mean, you just have to realize that it's sort of, uh, you know, if the creators and the writers want um, want certain phonemes to be in there and, and certain grammatical things or um, a certain, like, I think it, these guys, I mean, uh, Vince and Ray have been very good of giving me artistic license to actually, for the language to be, uh, you know, true to what it, my, my vision for it's going to be. Um, they're mostly concerned about the, how it actually visually looks on the page. So, I mean, that's, so, but apart from that, then anything else I have control over myself. So, so yeah, so it's, it's a, definitely a collaboration between all parties involved, between the artists, the writers, and myself. I think that's a big difference between like what you're doing and some of the other, like we've had David Peterson on and there it's a lot more important what the language sounds like. Like Dothraki is not even written and he hasn't devised scripts for any of the languages he, for, for, no, he has this, he didn't, hasn't devised scripts for any of the Game of Thrones ones. He did do scripts for other ones and there you know, the visual of the scripts was an important part, but there's the sound of it. Um, uh, it might be what you're doing is maybe like somewhat akin to what uh, Christine Schreier did for Man of Steel, where she did the Kryptonian language and it was just writing everywhere on set, right? There, nobody said any of it. Um, yeah, for yeah. sure. I think how it's, how it's, how it looks on the page or how how it's produced. I'm not sure. I, I don't know like too much about that language or how much there's a language behind it. Oh, it's, um, a, it's a full con lang. Um, okay, that's cool. That's cool. Um, she she developed a script for it, and the and um, the the Kryptonians being you know advanced, they have writing everywhere. So, um, that but um, I, the the point I was making is like it's interesting, like in the comic the written language and how that written language looks was very important for you and for your, um, uh, for, for the artists. So it's like, there are different priorities for different kinds of projects. That that's it. Yeah. I mean, um, I think I took took a lot of like inspiration. I mean, not in terms of actually the um, the way that the language looks or, or anything like that, but like uh, from the from you know the movie Send by um, um, was Britton Watkins, yeah, uh, who did who that movie. 
Um, I mean, he had a fantastic uh, article on uh, Fiat Lingua about like how the kind of the aesthetic, visual aesthetic of the language is used. And I have the, you know, the video with the actual <laughs> very nerdy, like sort of linguistic um, appendages and, uh, and sort of additional materials about, about the, the language and the visual thing. So, I mean, definitely I admire his sort of like um, attention to detail and how the language actually looks. And, uh, you know, you, it's very, you can see that language everywhere in, in, in that, uh, in that movie. Um, and so in this sort of way, and I think, uh, that was, that was very much like the, the writers and creators decision to sort of like, you know, as I said at the start, like that they're, they're sort of like paying for, for this service and, and further to be, and it would be a shame, I guess, then not to actually use it wherever they could. Um, and I think, yeah, when I was brought on the project uh, initially, I was sort of like a bit hesitant because I mean, I'd never actually created a script before and I didn't know anything about like Photoshop or anything out of those programs and actually kind of like creating it both like, you know, on the page uh, in sort of like the mechanics of the script and then how it looks and then actually, you know, digitizing it and using it uh, in the comic. I'm definitely kind of quite a, an interesting task and an interesting challenge. And uh, it's, it's nice the way it kind of it's come together and it, it looks, I guess, quite quite nice in the actual, um, in, in the comics. So I'm very happy with what the, what the artists have done and kind of how it's been kind of used. And I think, you know, as I said, I guess at the start, the sort of the, the reception that that the comic has gotten um, uh, has been has been quite good, and I mean a lot of people have kind of mentioned online in certain places that they they like how um, you know the script is being used and, and the language is front and center. So we'll we'll see how um how how that develops and how that goes and and uh, what kind of where where sort of the the language uh, gets taken as as the story develops because uh, currently we're sort of uh, very um, very much in one place in in the story and uh, going to see you know future issues where um, where where the characters go uh, who they meet and, and then how the language gets used further down the road so I mean uh, I I don't know much about about that so even I myself am, am are kind of interested and curious about what's going to happen. Right. That's that's an interesting thing. You're working from sort of incomplete information about, like, what you need to do. All right. Well, I think that's um, one last thing I wanted to say, ask is, um, since the script was such an important part of it, like, uh, you just, did you just draw from, like, languages that you know, or did you, like, think about, like, how was the script written? Obviously, in the uh, like what tools did they use what where what was it written on obviously in the in the comic you mostly see it's carved on stone but yeah uh, presumably people would have started writing it somehow like on paper or papyrus or something yeah i mean so like again this is another thing where it would be like really awesome to be in the same room as, as the creators. Um, I definitely like wasn't involved. Um, I think the, the comic project had sort of, um, it's not their first one, but, uh, this particular story I think has been going for maybe two, maybe at least, at least two years before uh, I got involved. So a lot of the backstory of the, of the culture and who uses the language had already been kind of, uh, kind of, discussed and stuff i wasn't involved in that um but i think um i think what, what i was told basically by the creators was that um you know these these the people who actually used to speak this language like had magic uh, magic abilities or at least had technology that would seem to the people to be magic 
So um, they had an ability to basically carve sort of boat like, uh, you know, straight lines and also curved lines and stuff like in stone. So, I mean, the actual sort of, um, I guess, there wasn't so much of a limitation uh, of material or ability to kind of carve and, and depict that uh, script that would kind of affect uh, how it looks today. Um, and, you know, we haven't sort of fleshed out like what the, the ancient script looks like, whether it's maybe more logographic or, or sort of has more straight lines and things like that. But like the sort of what it looks like in the comic book is not uh, constrained by the materials that are, that are used, I think. And, I, and as you said, I mean, mostly the, the, the script is used sort of like for the sound effects, so there isn't that limitations there. All right. Uh, obviously, like, a lot of the the current style in the comic is going to be where what what the artists want to to do. Um, all right. Well, um, I think that's about all for now. Um, are there any other things you'd like to share really quickly before we go? No, I think um, I think like we've covered a huge, huge amount of like both in world and and, and out world uh, sort of like aspects of the comic and the language, and uh, I think uh, hopefully it will inspire more um, writers and creators, whether it be like you know authors or, or comic book writers, to actually incorporate. Uh, aspects. So I'm looking forward, like, uh, to the future. I mean, I'm not a great comics person. Um, I don't know much about the the field. Um, I have a few books about you know about comics and stuff like that, but uh, but I'm interested to see sort of where um, you know where this is going to go. Uh, not just like in Glow, but uh, but in other comics as well. Are you know are going more? Reich is going to start using uh, linguistic aspects, whether it be actually like you know in the Latin script or whether like you know original native uh, native scripts of whatever culture is in the comics. So definitely looking forward to see where uh, the future goes with that. Yeah. Oh, that would be nice if they decided to do other languages. Um, all right. Well, um, thank you for coming on, Doyle. Uh, Col- Colm, sorry. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> uh, so, but uh, definitely, it's um, thanks very much for having me on. I um, definitely appreciate the the chance to talk about this, and 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 I, I guess like the the writers are very happy as well. Uh, but but myself personally as well because I've um, now been listening to since episode three, uh, <laughs> so I guess what's that like seven years now or something like that? So six or seven years. So uh, definitely very happy to uh, finally be on the show and sort of have something to actually talk about, uh, which is which is great. And uh, so good luck with the. Um, uh, good luck with the the show, and uh, good luck with your studies. Because I think you, you're still uh, you're still studying your uh, in Wisconsin, is it? Yeah, yeah, almost almost finished. I have to do my dissertation. Good good luck with that. I know it's uh, I've done. I'm struggling through my PhD at the moment, so uh, definitely uh, you know high five with that, and, and good luck with that, and uh, I hope the. Uh, the wife and uh, you have a small daughter as well, don't you? So yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so we're doing, I hope we're the doing family good. as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, well. Um, and uh, good luck to you with all your stuff. What, what's your PhD? Uh, PhD in uh, multilingual families. So oh, that's right. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so. Um, so you're doing sociolinguistics. So I yay. am very much a sociolinguist. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so, well, enjoy enjoy your Sunday. I know it's about three o'clock in the afternoon there, so it's now eleven here. So I'm gonna head to bed, work in the morning, but uh, but anyway, so very nice uh, talking. I probably will catch you up on the Twitter or, or whenever on the um, yeah, you know yeah. that sort of 
the forums. Right, well, these- well, I got to wrap up the show. So if um, I'm just going to say, okay, the comic is Glow, and we will link to the kick- Kickstarter. You can also get the first issue. Uh, it was on Comixology and stuff, so you could probably buy the first issue and see what you like before you try to pre-order um, uh, with the on the second issue. And um, uh, thank you, Cole, for being on the show, and happy Conlanging. Thank you for listening to Conlangery. You can find our archives and show notes at conlangery.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr. Our web space is provided by the Language Creation Society. Our site was designed by Bianca Richards. And our theme music is by Null Device. Conlangery is under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Share Alike license. You are free to use our show for any non-commercial work as long as credit is provided to Conlangery Podcast and you use a similar Creative Commons license. Conlangery is supported by our listeners. Please visit patreon.com slash conlangery to give your support. Thank you.